Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note podcast where every episode we tell stories about and then debate a controversial topic. And then we research and splice in all the mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. Today we are talking about tidying up, inspired by Marie Kondo and her book, as well as her new Netflix series by the same name. We'll start it with some stories where Greg explains a disastrous situation while he was teaching kids in England, and then I'm going to tell a pretty nasty story about when we forgot to clean up. Then, of course, we're going to debate at the end of the podcast about whether or not tidying up is a magical, important experience to be part of your life, or if it's even worth it at all. Today's side notes will be presented by myself, Greg, Mitch, and Rachel. Hey, friends. Let's get into it. Before we start today's podcast, we have some exciting news, which is we have a new sponsor. So today's episode is sponsored by Cold Turkey. Not the food, but an app that helps you boost your productivity and reclaim your free time by blocking websites, games, and applications on your phone or computer. But unlike other website blockers, Cold Turkey comes with a dose of discipline. So once you start a block, there's no going back, which I know is important to me because I often am like, I'm just going to like take off that blocker. It's as simple as that. Cold Turkey makes it impossible for you to give up. Now you can get it for Windows and Mac at GetColdTurkey.com or by Googling Cold Turkey. And there's a free version and also a pro version. With the free version, you're able to block websites, but the pro version lets you block apps, games, the whole internet if you'd like. And it comes with a scheduler so you can do things like adding Pomodoro timers and so on. Right now, you can use the coupon code SIDENOTE to get 20% off the pro version. So make sure to check it out at GetColdTurkey.com. It honestly helps our show a lot when you check out our sponsors, when you support them, try out their stuff. And that's really what allows us to keep making this. So we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you checking out Cold Turkey. And we'll get into the show now. Hello. How's it going? (laughs) What's new? Um, not much. It's Friday. It it's comes out Friday. on a Wednesday, but we're recording on a Friday, so good moods all around. Um, I don't know if I told you this the other day. I told everyone else in the office, but oh. maybe I had to tell you. I wiped out with Ernie. What? Like I oh, was you walking fell? to work and like crossing the street and hit a patch of ice. What? And just did that like whole like. like did you actually flip, fall? And then I was like falling on him, and he started freaking out because he thought I was like trying to play a game or something. Ernie's or our thing. dog, by the way, not oh, like yeah. our friend. Yeah, yeah, you know like, Ernie's our dog. Oh, God. Just meant, well, there might be a new listener. Yeah. like, why wouldn't the so friend just speak English? So he looked at me, and he you. was, like, getting so excited but spooked because I was, like, falling on top of him, and I fully fell I haven't fallen this knees. winter. Oh, because it's been pretty easy, but, yeah. That's what do you mean my... easy? I mean, we haven't had a lot of snow. It's been, like, not a bad yeah, winter so that's far. true. Thus far. That's I mean, far. we're only in Jan, and then February, March is the worst living in Toronto. Actually, it's not bad. <laughs> I lo- I like winter, but Mitch last night looked at me and he was like, we can't keep pretending we like this. I hate my <laughs> life right now. And I was like, no. Uh. I didn't say I hate my life right now. I was just like, let's stop pretending and like then I tried to be like ever good. And then I tried to be like, no, it's fun. We're going to go skiing. And then you were like, I hate that you don't just let me hate winter. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well. I guess you can just say winter, but I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> summer is so much better. I just like can't wait till the summer. Comment corner. So this comment for this week, wow, I don't. This doesn't make sense. The, <laughs> but we're not doing comment this week. We're going to talk. We're about- commenting on <laughs> a poll that you guys voted on, which was <sighs> who won the debate last, last week, week about breakfast? Should you have it in the morning, or should you eat breakfast, or should you not? And Greg, who um. 
Who won that well, debate in a landslide? I drastically lost at the beginning <laughs> when I looked. It was like I only had 22% of the votes, but at least by like the end of the poll, I was at like 40. Interesting. Or Probably called up all your friends to like vote for you in the poll. Wait, what? No, I lost, Mitch. What do you mean? No, I know, but you were losing so badly, and then you tweeted it or you shared it on your own Instagram. Like, oh, rude. And that's then probably true. all your friends were like, yeah, I'm going to go vote for Greg. Oh, wait, I really hope people reacted that passionately and think that I was really upset. No, it's probably because there was like five I didn't votes, think so I lost vote. that, but I don't think I'm in for winning these debates because I honestly was like, well, I obviously won the breakfast one. <laughs> and I didn't. So, anyways, our new Instagram is at Side Note Pod, where we're going to post these surveys. So you can go there to like see BTS footage, not mm-hmm. the band, although the band, I've been to BTS now, by the way. <laughs> BTW, I'm into BDS. Uh, BTS, not BDSM. Oh my god, I need to continue. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so at Side Note Pod, follow it and vote because that's how we'll actually find out who won. Oh god. Oh, what did we learn this week? This week I saw a report that came out that talked about the most effective strategies uh, to deal with things you don't like doing. Like existing in winter for you. Yes. Um, slash like running or studying or those things that yeah. you aren't like trying, you're not intrinsically motivated Cooking, to do. Cooking, cleaning, I mean, for some people yourself. they might like some of these things, but yeah, looking after yourself, living, just existing. Yeah, is there one in there about living um, in 2019? I'm just going to read off some of the, it was the top four strategies they found work, work most successfully for to people. To do things you don't want to do. To do things, to get through things you don't like. Okay. So, and these might seem obvious, but they they studied over like 20 different mechanisms and these ones actually came out on top. Whereas okay. other ones I'm were literally going to write this down. Go so, ahead. thinking about the positive consequences of getting to the end was number one. So, just in your mind realizing like, hey, when I clean, I actually will feel good after because yeah. I'll, I'll be like, just think about that's a good way to get through it. Or in university, I'd be like, if I do 20 minutes of studying, I get a Kit Kat Chunky. Yes. <laughs> Or, like, then I do good on my test. <laughs> no, kick out chunky. Continue. Okay. Um, monitoring, monitoring one's goals and progress. So, actually keeping track of, like, oh, I, I, I wanted to, you know, study this much by the end of the day, and here's where I landed. You feel good by tracking where you're actually at. Okay, I will never do that. That sounds like work. Okay, number <laughs> that's, three. That's like, extra work. Yeah, like, okay. doing extra work. Okay. Um, thinking that the end is near. So, just in your mind, contextualizing. What, like <laughs> no, yeah, thinking that the end of your life is around the corner. No, thinking that the end of the task is like you can see it in But sight. what if it's not? What if it's like a two hour Well maybe endeavor. it's just contextualizing guess, it yeah, again to be long. like it's not, you know, even if I have to get through this year doing this thing, like it's I can see the end. I okay. know where the end is and so I have like that's perspective. True. Also on even it. me saying that two hour task, like that's not very long. Right. An hour is twenty I mean exactly. wow. <laughs> <laughs> an hour is twenty four <laughs> days. An hour is twenty minutes. An hour is actually twenty four <laughs> days. I don't know. That's what I learned this week is that an hour is actually twenty four days and we are Living in an alternative reality. Um, And finally, emotional regulation. So mentally trying to stay in a good mood. Reminding yourself that if you're in a positive mood, it'll it'll be better. Thank you, Mitch. Winter is not that bad. That's true. Okay. Winter's not that bad. No, screw it. Winter's bad. Um, So two other things. Uh, distract- uh, you said four. I know. Those were the things that helped. This is the thing that doesn't help. So distracting oh. yourself from the activity was associated with less success. AKA your phone in gens. Yeah. Just like finding other distractions actually. Throw your you phone the out the freaking window. Mm-hmm. And none of this applied if it was related to something you actually wanted to do. So if you, if you, intrinsic motivation is by far the best indicator well, of success. Yeah. Okay. But if this was related to things that you're actually like don't want to do. Okay, yeah, you don't need to monitor your progress of, like, eating a chocolate bar and watching a TV show. No, but you could have the motivation to, like, learn piano. And, oh, and okay. so you, it's still a hard task, and so mo- relying more on, like, the intrinsic Wow, motivation. that was very true to Mitch's uh, life right now because he's trying <laughs> to relearn the piano. I can attest to it, and he's doing a very good job. Thank you. All right, what did you learn this week, Greg? Okay, so what I learned this week was... About NASA. I don't Ooh. know if you've heard of it. It's an it's acronym that stands pretty, for Don't Even Ask Me. Edgy. Like <laughs> National Space Agency Space yeah. or something. That's that's NASA. That's NASA. <laughs> yes, NASA. Um, okay, so 
in July, NASA is going to decide what their next billion-dollar project is going to be, and it's between two missions. And I'm going to explain the missions to you because that's what I learned this week. The, work, <laughs> the first one has a – like, if there are teams competing, the first one has a much better name. It's Dragonfly. Oh, okay. that is one of my favorite animals. Okay, Hello. listen. To, I'm not going to say what the second one is yet, but listen to the title of the second one. The Comet Astrobiology Exploration. <laughs> Can't even read my own writing mission. You know what I mean? It's like, obviously, Dragonfly has more ring to it. Yeah. Okay, so Dragonfly, what it would be is a million-dollar mission to go look for life and chemical reactions on one of Saturn's moons. Okay. 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 I don't know. That sounds kind of cool. The other one, which is, again, the separate mission, billion dollars, will they win, the one with the really long bad name, is to study the nucleus of a comet that's billions of years old to give clues into how life started on Earth. Because if they go to that comet and they find that there's like nitrogen in those things that they think is what started life on Earth, then likely maybe a comet slammed into Earth and that's how life started. Is that too much like information? Like I don't know if people know. There's like theories about why life mm-hmm. started on Earth. One is like that heat near like a literal like underwater like geyser type mm-hmm. thing caused like a reaction that right. made nitrogen start, right. which is like what you need for biology. Hashtag to- planet Earth, or was that the other one? Blue, blue, blue planet. They, oh, well, they, they have yeah, a cool episode on that parts. where they go down and explain this is where life may have started. It's may really have started. Cool. And then another main theory is that a comet actually struck Earth with the chemicals necessary to start life on Earth. That's the one that I personally think I like to believe in. <laughs> and so if they go and they find this comet that's billions of years old, older than the Earth, then they're like, okay, interesting. This makes sense. This could be the, re- the way that life started on Earth. So I think those are cool. I, I personally want to not do Dragonfly. I want to do the worst right. named one. I want to go see that comet. It's like, just change the name of the other one. Like, I know. If what? I found out the other one was Dragonfly and I was the team trying to get my yeah. billion dollars, I'd be like, okay, I think we need to call ours, like, where did life start? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know why we need to go to Saturn's moon. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> rude. That's so rude, Saturn. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. So today we are talking about tidying up, something <laughs> that is on everyone's mind right now due to Marie Kondo, someone uh-huh, who I've loved uh-huh. for years and Mitch ripped on me for loving, <laughs> but now he's watching the Netflix show and all of a sudden he's sipping the Kool-Aid. But we'll get to the debate later. <sighs> First, we are going to tell some stories about tidying up and then splice in the science throughout. So who wants to go first with their you story? You go first. You go first. Me go first? Yeah. Me go first. Yeah. Okay. So my story is again about when I was a teacher. Okay. And so there was this thing when I was teaching called Ofsted. Okay. It is an acronym. Again, I don't know the This ac- is in, in Toronto? Oh, sorry. This is in England, oh, which okay. is actually important because this is about the English education system, which is whack okay. compared to Toronto's, which I really like. Very progressive. Ontario. Mm-hmm. Love it. So there's this thing called Ofsted, which is like this governmental agency that comes into schools to regulate whether the school is good or bad. So they show up randomly and they go into classes and they walk around and they inspect and they just judge you. you. And your school gets rated on a scale of one to four. Four being the best, one being the worst. And if your school gets rated low, Parents don't want to send their kids there, and literally, like schools go out of business. Like what? Like I was. Do at parents this... have the choice when you? Yeah. Go, like you can. They, be I like... was at a school where it was like rated level three, and then there was like a school down the road where like ghosts were, and there were no kids, and it was like barren because oh, it was no. like rated level one by Ofsted four years ago. Oh, one's bad. One is bad. Uh, Four okay. is good. Like the best Perfect. you can be. Okay. Yeah, it's actually called excellent, good, like <laughs> not very good, and like your kids are gonna die here. Okay. So, anyways, so the school that I'm at. Hasn't had the Ofsted shows up at your school probably once every three to four years. It's the it hasn't showed up in four years. So I get to this school and they're just like Ofsted's coming at any moment. Like they're all (laughs) how they know because it's been four years. Like no one they haven't been. They're like according to yeah. So everyone is freaking out about these regulatory. I just picture like people who look kind of like Snape with like cloaks like busting in like we're here to see the kids and me just like (laughs) I was so scared and so. What, like, our department had decided was that if Ofsted shows up, you need to do a distillation experiment with your kids in order to show that, like, we are about science and touching science. Like, it needs to be a hands-on lesson because they Oh, so it's, like, on the spot. If you see them, you're changing your well, day you know and you're jumping you, they, to that kind of activity. Yeah, they show up yeah. in the morning and they stay for two days. So that morning, you know Ofsted's there and they're like, this is the practical experiment that everyone ah! will be doing so that if they come in, they are like, right. our kids Impressed. touch science. Right. right? Okay. So 
The education in system in Britain decides to split kids at the grade seven. Kids who do well on this test go to grammar schools, which are like fancier schools. Mm-hmm. Kids who do worse on this test go to state schools where I was. Then they decide to split the kids on behavior. The worst behaved kids get the new teacher. So I am in charge of the worst behaved kids as a new teacher in a school so where in general the people <laughs> are problem. Okay, these kids are, right? Okay. So also there's a separate stream for the kids that I'm teaching where they don't even do the exams at the end of the year. They're literally being streamlined to like work at grocery stores and they uh, they just need to like do a poster about climate change, get a check mark, and then they like get their diploma. Okay. So these kids have never touched a Bunsen burner because as we talked about earlier when I put it's the like Bunsen burner on what? they burnt each other they right. lit things on fire um, they literally cannot use a Bunsen burner oh my okay God. it's the last freaking week of school of the whole year of the whole year and Ofsted shows up oh my and God. all the teachers are freaking because that's also the year that you just like play movies for your kids right like the curriculum's done right. like that's when you put on Ice Age and you're like yeah. kids like bring in some snacks mm-hmm. so everyone's panicked because like they need to show these people that they are really good teachers but a lot of even the good teachers and the good students have like shut off so everyone is putting on a performance okay so it's nearing the end of the day the first two classes that I have I actually was like I'm leaving like I don't know if I can put practicals in front of these kids because they will die so the first two classes I didn't no one came in thank god the last class I have of the day is like my better class. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I set up like Bunsen burners, like conical flasks, like the distillation tubes. Like all around the classroom, you mean? Like perfectly set up for these kids. Every bench, I spend like hours because I have a break. So when they walk in, they're they're like, okay, what the is kids? that? Yeah, like, I, like, they walk in, they're like, I have never seen this pristine glassware, this right. Bunsen burner, and I was like, something's up. I was like, they were like, something's up. But also at that point too, they're like, oh my God, these teachers are panicked. They know Ofsted's there. Yeah. So they, they all kind of- they love to kind of fuck with you? Like, so, okay, this is part of the story. This is the kind of story about tidying up. Okay. So they come in, they all stand behind their bench and they're like smirking and I'm like, hello kids, <laughs> welcome to your distillation experiment. You've maybe never seen any of these things before but listen to me carefully and we're gonna take water out of this salt mixture oh my god so we start i like i'm like okay guys do the bunsen and they start doing it and then i'm walking around and i literally hear like one like smash and i like look over and it's like that little fucker you know like the guy and he like looks at me and smirks and i'm like don't do not (laughs) then i hear like another (gasps) smash and i'm like oh my and then i lose them and I am not kidding it's like broken glass everywhere like kids like oh my fingers no but I'm like are they doing it on purpose or by accident like like, when you lose control of a class I don't know how to explain the feeling it's It's like like, the energy like literally like through the class like the like kid who I love is all of a sudden like my finger hurts I'm like you little you I relied on you (laughs) and like there's like there's like the two smart kids who I could just see like looking at me like "Mm, you're fucked you know what I mean like that's what you know it's like pathetic when there's like a seven-year-old looking at you who's like sad well, for you seven these kids were well, grade seven sorry oh, okay but they like there was like young kids looking like at me in the eyes like you're Being pathetic like, like yeah i'm and so like, happy i'm you're not you failing on behalf of our whole school the whole school and so anyways <laughs> so there's like smashing there's glass like it's actually like i was like if someone walked in here right now this whole school would fail like i was panicking so this class is divided that there's a lunch in the middle so they left for lunch and i looked at the class and like the remnants of this like horrible mess and i was like greg you need to clean this shit up so i started like sweeping all the glass oh my just the mic like sweeping all the glass into these like buckets i was bleeding in my hand because i was like why were you using your hand because i was like rule number one i had half an hour to clean this whole classroom (laughs) so that when they came back it didn't look like i had that like it was like a murder scene it was a trashed lab so i cleaned it all up i was bleeding they come back and then they're like wait sir like half of our materials are gone like they have enough they have a second half hour and i was like this is i'm like i'm crossing my fingers i'm like you guys can doodle in your shit and i just hope to god no one walks in here and so no one 
I wait, wait, wait. Was someone not there when all that stuff was happening? No, was, oh, no, Ofsted no. wasn't there. I thought Off, they were there. No. Oh my God. Oh. No, sorry. Ofsted walks around and randomly chooses classrooms. So they were at your school. They were at but the school. Not when the not stuff was breaking. Not in the classroom. Oh my okay. God. You thought someone was watching yes. that whole time? Okay, that takes away the stakes a little bit. I was hoping no one walked into the classroom. Okay. But then that take away the stakes. That makes it more like you're literally destroying everything in front of them. Yeah. And someone came upstairs and like near the end of the class and was like. Ofsted is speaking with the principals below you. The principal's office was below our class. And they're like, can you keep it down? Because all they can hear is like like screaming and smashing. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God. So then anyways, the kids leave. I start crying because it was like the most stressful experience. And then these two other teachers come in to clean up. And the one teacher, like as we were cleaning, just looked at me and they were like, this is so bad Mm. they're like there's so much broken stuff like this is the worst mess i've ever seen and i was like i'm so sorry it was like i just tried i just tried so hard i did my supposed to try you weren't even gonna stay at that school after because they were like the best (laughs) class i thought they could do it i thought they could do it and then yeah i got on the flight came home a week later and was i dream about this all the time i dream about offset all the time i have nightmares all the time about this like snake walking into my class and me being like either a they're just making posters because that's just what I'm told to do when I love them, that's all they can do, or be smashing glass. I that's my worst nightmare. I can never be a teacher, especially in that environment. I could only be a teacher of like the perfect class. That's yeah, how I know you have like so much tolerance for things. Like yeah. I'd be so mad. It was really funny too. I remember I'd like look at the clock and be like, It's been five minutes? Oh really? It's been five minutes. Like is it <laughs> like when you're teaching and things are going wrong, it feels right. like forever. forever. Like, like I can't explain to so you how that half hour went like seven. Wow. Anyways. You're a better person than I am. Why? For handling that. I'm like, and not, what, for like, making kids bleed? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for even trying in the first place. Oh, that's nice. But no, I think a lot of teachers would hear that story and be like, that guy the should be fired. <laughs> I admire teachers so much. Truly one of the most important jobs in the world, in my opinion. And it's also an incredibly stressful job which had me wondering what other jobs are incredibly stressful. You look a little stressed. Oh, I'm stressed. <laughs> a study out of China followed over 100,000 participants for 3 to 17 years. They discovered that jobs in the service industry, such as waitress or waiter, is one of the most stressful positions you can have. Hey, yo, my man, can I borrow some lettuce? This might surprise you. You might think that a job like a surgeon or a rocket scientist is more stressful. After all, if you mess up while working on the operating table, you could literally kill someone. Doctor, the patient is desatting. Dude, he's desatting. He's desatting. But though jobs like these demand a lot out of the people working them, they often feel a lot of control over their work, and they feel respected. Researchers found that having autonomy over what you do decreases stressful feeling. But in the case of waiting tables, you often have a lot demanded of you and very little control. Look, Joanna, yeah. people can get a cheeseburger anywhere, okay? They come to tchotchkes for the atmosphere and the attitude. Okay, that's what the flair's about. Those who have worked in service know you're often held to the whims of customers and the unrealistic expectations of management. You have been working a good burger now for like, what, three years? And your manager still only pays you five bucks an hour, man. The study found similar results for people who work as nurses. Essentially, the recipe for stress is high demands mixed with low control. The study found that one in four workers are experiencing these conditions and that it is linked to higher risk of stroke. I have a memory of a tidying up experience that we had that went terribly wrong, um, but I'm going to set up the context of a place that we used to live in. So like a few a few homes ago, I'd say, like we lived with roommates for a couple, we, we lived with them for like how long? Like four years or something like that in two different homes? Yes. Which home are we talking about? We're talking about the first home. The okay. first home the we moved into together. Home. So this was the messier home. We were younger, but also like we would often just like come downstairs and see a 
full-on mice on our counters just jumping around and like it, cockroaches co- yeah one time we were just like watching tv and we thought we saw something move on the floor we turn the lights on and there's just like a cockroach running through the middle which doesn't sound like a big deal but then we look it up and it would be like if you see one cockroach out of the walls that means there's hundreds in the walls this is also where asap science was made for yeah, four years the first this is the beginning of asap science like we had an attic room in this home and we would work from home um but i have this memory of so, do you remember we used to like uh, pay for this thing called Mama Earth, right? Yeah, it was organic like a, yeah, produce. Yeah, it was basically like a company that would be like, we're not eating enough vegetables. <laughs> so every week they would deliver like a little package of vegetables to us just so we could make sure we had food and that we were like being healthy or whatever. It's like sponsor us. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, like hashtag not sponsor. But that... We would often just, like, not finish all the vegetables, right? Like, this is, like, a common problem in our lives. Like, the vegetables go bad, whatever. But in this same house, we had a pantry where we would sometimes keep things. Um, and we would, like, it was, like, it was kind of weird and dingy, but, like, some of our canned goods. I think that someone recently there. referred to them. They're, like, it had a cold room. Oh, a cold room. And it was, like, a, it, it was literally, that's what that was. And I was I always, did. like, this room's so cold. What's the point of it? And it's, like, where you put <laughs> things that, that need like, to be cold because yeah. it's, like, not insulated. So, like, I remember at one point there was probably, like, fennel or something in this organic bin that we I think we just knew we didn't want. Like, we weren't going to ever put it in the fridge, so we didn't want it. So we had this bin. Black licorice is fennel, right? Does I don't know like if it's, it tastes like that. It's I like, don't know if they're actually related at all or not. No, but no, I mean that that's the taste yeah, that we I hate. I really don't like yeah. fennel because it tastes like black licorice. So we just, I think, like, didn't realize, like, we just put this bin <laughs> into the pantry room and left it for months years maybe over a year and then one day we decided like oh spring cleaning as a whole house we're gonna deal with spring cleaning and we finally make our way to the pantry and we're like oh there's a empty bin in here open it up oh my god it's literally like black mush not even mush it's like liquefied liquid because also i don't know if we would consider that room as a uh, cold room because there's a window in that room so the sun gets in and i don't know if that would like sometimes heat the container and we open it it's like this most wretched smell putrid literally oozing i I don't understand how it turned black but i guess when like things break down it was just like compost basically and then we were just like we can never open that again what do we do with this one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And so... (laughs) I cannot believe you told this your end all story. Well, no, we eventually okay, we eventually <laughs> had to take it and dumped it out in a public garbage because we were like we literally can't deal with this in our house. We well, just we did we it. threw the whole bin out. We did it at night. <laughs> yeah, we were like with flashlights. Technically, it's illegal to like public dump. Like you're not allowed to bring your garbage to public places. Yeah. So we were like we don't want to get in trouble, but like we don't really know our garbage bin wasn't big enough to handle like this thing. So we like and we in had the just, middle of the night and we had. To decide what was worse for people who were putting this away. Is it like, do we dump this putrid liquid into right. this thing that it smells so bad, or do we leave it in this container? Container, so it's contained. And we just like... Which I in- think, I still to this day think both are and, awful. And also... I do actually think it was still in winter because I remember thinking like if we put it in a garbage outside, it will freeze, and then that will yeah. actually be a good thing versus yeah. us like leaving yeah, it in actually, our house. Yeah, actually, we did a service. Pour- we did a service. Really thoughtful. Um, but I remember us like at nighttime being like, "Okay, we're gonna do this. We're just gonna do it, and no one's gonna see us, and we're gonna. We're, and this is our. This is all my mind for years now. I've been guilty about this. We're so dumb um, though because it's like now I'm like you go and you get a hose outside. Like I just feel like our worlds were so small. Well, I didn't we didn't think have about a that. proper backyard. Like we didn't really have but there like was, a 
space. Our landlord we who lived in the basement maybe had a ho- like. I don't think we thought about. Yeah, I like think that. we were honestly just panicked. We were just like, we don't know how to deal with this disgusting thing, and so we did go to a, a park and just threw the bin out in the oh park. Please gosh. don't fine us. We uh, I think that's like a literally a fine. Actually, it you know is. what? Fine There's, us. It'll it'll there help your are literally like signs on parks that say no dumping maximum fine five thousand dollars okay well then you but we've never done it again anyway. um so yeah marie Kondo. <laughs> what do we do in this situation yeah, no. yeah. <sighs> liquefied rotting fennel sounds pretty putrid and i am glad i have never had to experience that but is it the worst smell out there here is a tiny list Not an extensive list, but a tiny list of some of the stinkiest smells we know of. Number one. Oh my god. What's that smell? A skunk is pretty stinky, right? You do not want to get sprayed. You do not want your pet, your dog, to be sprayed. But have you heard of the lesser anteater? also known as the Southern Tamandua. Native to South America, this cutie, actually so, so cute in my opinion, will release a scent from its anal glands when it is threatened that is seven times stronger than that of a skunk spray. It will also rub its musk on plants and trees to mark its territory. Number two. What is that smell? Oh. The Raphalicia arnaldi, or the stinking corpse lily, is the largest single flower in the world, stretching a meter across. Maybe you have seen pictures of this flower. It's big and red, and its spots look kind of warty. It looks and smells like a rotting animal. Smells like victory. This smell is designed to attract a specific type of pollinator, which are known as carrion flies. The word carrion, which means decaying flesh or rotting animals. So yeah, this flower literally smells like rotting flesh. Yum. Last one, number three. What's that smell? Stinks everywhere. Your anus. Whoops, uh, sorry, I think I'm pronouncing that wrong. It's Uranus, yes. Uranus, you know, the seventh planet from the sun. What did you think I meant? Well, it's often the butt of jokes. It so happens that this planet also smells like a butt. Using the Gemini telescope, scientists were able to analyze the reflected sunlight from a region above the planet's visible cloud layer. And by the way it was reflected, they were able to determine that the atmosphere is composed of primarily hydrogen sulfide a gas that is associated with farts and rotten eggs. You'll find that every heavenly body has its own particular scent. So there you have it, a small list of bad smelling things. Let us know using the hashtag SideNote Podcast, what is the worst thing you have ever smelled? Curious to know. Do you smell it? That smell. A kind of smelly smell. A smelly smell that smells... We will be right back for the much-anticipated debate on tidying up, so stick around. Just wanted to take a quick second, as usual, to thank you guys so much for watching and sharing our podcast. You've been, like, tweeting us and Instagramming and tagging us. Love it. Just wanted to send a reminder to keep doing that and like our podcast in the apps that you use and download it. Allegedly, the elusive download is important and it helps us, you know, get on the different charts and stuff like that. But ultimately, you sharing our podcast with a friend or family member or your teachers or your colleagues is really awesome and we appreciate it. We love making this and that just kind of makes it all uh continue on and we want to continue it forever for you but thank you so much we'll get back into the show now debate time today our debate is about tidying up in relation to Marie Kondo's infamous book which I've read and, and loved. Netflix series that's gone viral across the viral. world <laughs> the best Netflix series ever because she just says okay you do all the work and leaves um, <laughs> you know it's like it would have been so, so cheap smart. to produce that show <laughs> uh, so I am pro tidying up because again I'm the one who's read the book and I sipped the Kool-Aid <laughs> for years and Mitch is against this sort of notion of tidying up being this like cure. better for your life yeah yeah 
Okay. So, uh, you want me to go first? Uh, you got a timer ready? Uh, no. Okay, I can pop my timer open if that helps. Oh, pop sorry. Your t- I can I can pop my timer. I can, I can pop my timer open. Ah, uh, I thought I'm not prepared off. today. I can pop okay. my timer. Ready? You can hit. You can hit go on that. And I'm gonna pop the All timer. All right. So on. I am arguing that tidying is a waste of your time. Got my notes ready here. Waste. Okay. Lol. Oh, like can I, I start? Yeah. Okay. You're actually um, already so started. Research in 2013, sorry, found that messy places actually stimulate creativity um so it makes for more fresh insights because like people who are really neat tend to play it safe it's about having everything in order and everything going a certain way whereas when you're messy your mind's more in a space of like okay things are a bit more free-flowing they're a bit more like i'm open to finding new ideas and so that also links to something where creativity is linked to empathy and they find that people who are more messy tend to have more empathy in that same way that if you have rigid thoughts and you want things to be a certain way, you can't necessarily see why other people are different than you. So tidy people are crappier people. Point, Okay, served. I was with you until you said that <laughs> okay, really okay. brash no, okay. statement. Let me say it this way then. Neat people tend to be more judgmental, especially when it comes to tidiness, so they tend to look at other people and judge them. But when's the last time you heard a messy person judging a person for being tidy? Never. Interesting. Okay, neatness... Okay. A- another brash <laughs> statement. Um, this is my... <laughs> A time you're not supposed to be talking. How much time do I have left? Thank you. Um, neatness is also not 45 seconds. natural. So before the 1950s, people didn't care about tidying in their homes. Really? And it's actually linked to capitalism, your favorite thing, and TV <laughs> and commercials showing that cleanliness and huh. using clean products is actually like an interesting and important thing for society. And it's just a way to stimulate us to think that being clean is super important. And like buy more because products. it's like, you know, our dog doesn't like need to be clean. And like historically, obviously, we would clean ourselves to a degree, but we didn't tidy necessarily. Um, neatness drains resources so it's just a lot of mental energy to do something that doesn't really actually help you in the long run people with messy desks actually spend less time looking for things than tidy people do so ultimately looking tidy does not actually mean you're organized Thank you. Wow, good job in under two minutes. All right. You ready, that Mr.? That was convincing, actually. Oh, good. Especially because deep down I'm not tidy at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you did read that book, and you do do that like that thing where you get rid of your But that's pretty stuff. much it. Like, I'm literally, okay. <laughs> I'm, like, literally disgusting. <laughs> You're really setting yourself up to failure before you even started, Greg. <laughs> no, because I'm arguing this doesn't mean I love it fully. <laughs> okay. I love her book. Are you ready? Uh, you can begin your thing now. Okay, so the first thing I would say about the natural argument, it's like, oh, yeah, people were not tidy before the 1950s. It's like, yeah, they were also disgusting and probably (laughs) smelled awful and probably had a lot more, you know, bacteria going around, probably died earlier, probably got more sick. But let's move on to the Japanese (laughs) art of tidying up. So when I read this book... I loved it, and it really did, I think, help me mentally to get rid of a bunch of... Donate so many clothes that I had, which was an amazing thing, without this concept of tidying up. I think I would have just, like, continued to gain clothes and objects and things and never even thought about giving them away. I think it's a really important thing that we all learn to do, which is know that we have so much stuff in our consumer culture and we need to donate it, give it away to free our minds. Okay, and now let's get into the science. <laughs> uh, you have I always do this. Okay. <laughs> so first there was a study with a questionnaire that asked people about giving to charity and about whether or not they wanted to eat a chocolate or an apple. And depending on where they did the questionnaire, one group of people did it in a really messy space. One group of people did it in a very clean space. And as you might guess, because of the way I'm arguing, (laughs) the people in the clean space were more likely to give to charity and more likely to choose the apple. So that's like a very scientific understanding of how being clean can help you, you know, maybe think more positively, et cetera. I'm not going to say a brash statement here. I'm just going to explain the study. Um, Another study found that women who described their homes as cluttered or full of unfinished projects- Oh, my God. We're more de- de- depressed, fatigued, and had higher levels of stress hormone cortisol than women who felt that their homes were restful and restorative. So just even having the concept of your house feeling clean can help you feel less depressed and feel more motivated in your day. Okay. Now let's talk about making the bed. And do not come for me because I do not make the bed. You have 10 does. seconds. People who make their beds every morning are 90% more likely to report having better sleep oh. than people who don't make their beds. Five seconds. So actually that is like Marie Kondo always says, make your bed so you got a better sleep. Okay, let's okay, do this. time. How um, come you're yeah. two minutes? You're so good. I'm like... I'm always looking. I'm like, oh, he has 45 seconds left. Wow. Well, like, he I said so much. Keep an eye on the time because you don't count down my time. So I'm like, I have to make sure I'm going through all the things as quickly as possible. Um, uh, yeah, it's interesting that you're fighting for this point, but you've almost literally never made the bed. 
I know, I know, I know. Because I'm like, I really think that what I'm trying to say is that when I have had the opportunity and allowed myself, like you said earlier, I think I'm going to remember these things. How do I make myself clean more? You know, think about how good it's going to feel after. Monitor my goals. Whenever I clean, I'm like, oh my gosh, this feels amazing. It's good for my mental health. I feel better. I feel more alert. I feel like happier and I think that's what she's getting at and I do think that there is a lot to be said that tidying up is a really as she would say magical thing Keeping that thing over there um I okay I want to address something that you said you mentioned something about like being dirty before the 1950s they're probably disgusting and I just want to bring up something known as the hygiene hypothesis yeah. where being <laughs> super clean and hygienic isn't actually always super good for you so like kids who grow up in like overly sanitized environments tend to have more allergies they tend and to, actually having a dog is yeah, really good because it brings or, dirt into your house yeah kids that like live on grow up on farms tend to have less like not only allergies to animals but allergies to like um, you know pollen or different like cats and things like that but I'm talking about tidying up I'm not necessarily. Well, you sorry, you started your debate. Yeah, talking sorry, about I know, that. I know. So I, but also I am talking like about tidying up. Say... I want to stay with that, not cleaning. Okay. Tidying up, tidying up. Okay. Well, I think that you kind of mentioned having lots of stuff and getting rid of it. I mean, that kind of stuff's in your closet. I don't really see that as like tidying. But that I guess... is exactly what the book says. Okay. Again, it's like I've about... read the book. You've just watched the show. <laughs> I even I only watched two episodes. Of it. Yeah, and then what did you do, Mitch? Oh, you went and reorganized all of your underwear. And no, your I just gave me a really cool folding. Did, oh, I thought you said it did it give you a really cool feeling too, because that's the art of tidying up that we were talking about. The positive energy. I guess I found that what I liked from it, I, the way she folded and then put it in the drawers, I was like, oh, that actually does make it easier to see to my see shirt. Sure. Exactly, and that <laughs> probably t- that saves you some time in the morning. It probably makes you feel good when you open but your drawer. But I haven't found out if I'll do it again. Like, I did it once, and now I'm almost out of those shirts, and we're going to find out, like, well, can I Well, stain? I'm going to be watching with bated breath okay, to see if you fold those clothes. Okay, I've make never made my bed. bed. I've never made my bed, and I love to pick my nose and eat it. Um, but that's again dirty not tidying what's wrong with you (laughs) also okay Um, so from a neuroscience perspective like looking at cluttered things really has a big strong implementation (laughs) wow I'm like why did I the big big, strong implementation implementation. Um, but it makes you unable to focus the more distractions that you have whether it's on your desk or at your home like when they actually study your brain having to look at a lot of things versus having to look at just a few things it can help you focus and in your life and in your home that's a really important thing to have things all over the place is going to distract you it's going to make you feel less focused and make you feel stressed and it's to say it's like literally what we said today we're like okay after work today we need to clean our house because we are feeling unhinged yeah i because there's stuff everywhere i don't disagree with that. Obviously, I'm not fully don't clean. I would say what I'm interested in finding out is why does this happen as you age? Like, when I was younger, I, it could not bother me less. Because I think your mom looked messy. after you. No, no, but even oh. in university. Like, once I no longer live yeah. with my fr- uh, family and live with friends, like, being dirty, having dishes pile up, having clothes everywhere didn't really faze me, but now I find... I'm like, oh, I'll feel better if if this place is clean. I think there's an autonomy of your life. I think tidying up is really interesting because it has to be something that you do for yourself. And I think right now you don't live with roommates. I think that can hinder it a lot because you don't want to feel unfair. You don't want to feel like you're tidying up for other people. You're trying to keep your own sort of like life organized. And now your life is bigger. You have a home that you want to keep organized. In that day and age, you maybe had a clean bed or a clean desk. I didn't though. Like that's the thing I've noticed. Like I personally have evolved over time to now actually think cleaning is important to me. Not like I'm not like a hardcore cleaner by any means. Tidying. Tidying, sorry. But cleaning as well. That's another thing I actually will interrupt and bring up is like some people are tidy but they're not clean. Yeah. So that is an interesting point where it's like you actually also have to like clean yeah. your floor, clean your counters. Just like putting things to look nice is one thing. But for me, actually I do like things to be tidy. But, but another amazing thing about the tidying up about this book and everything is that we actually have so much crap, especially in North America and our cultures. Like this, the woman who writes this is from Japan. They have a very different way of living. Like they have small spaces. Things are very organized. They really take a lot more attention to detail. And there's a lot of power in when you buy something, really understanding, do you love this? Do you Mm. actually want this? Or are you consuming this for another reason to fill a void? And I think that's really important that North North American culture needs because we are... Again, like even to think about climate change, we need to stop consuming. Sorry, I'm just going to hit this thing. We have to move to light later. <laughs> um, like I talk with my hands and I'm bashing everything all around me. 
But we need to figure out how to consume less. And I think it's linked. I think if we can actually learn to love what we consume, really care about those things, get rid of the things we don't want and keep things small and minimal, then I think it will actually help us to not buy so much crap all the time. Like I think about yeah, Christmas, think like stocking stuffers, like all this stuff. the most interesting part of, okay, weird that you went after Christmas. But um, <laughs> it's interesting that the concept of tidying up is being proposed differently here. Like most people would consider tidying up when you put things in their place. Yes, and this you is make about it look getting nice. rid of things you don't It's like need. tidying up your life. Which is very important. The only thing I will jump to your side about is that in the book she talks about how your socks <laughs> she's like you need to fold your socks not like the way we all do not you need them. to like fold them because it like they've been on your feet all day and they've been hurt and trampled on <laughs> all day and they need to be put away nicely because think about it they're getting stomped I'm like the socks can't feel so like there's parts of this book where I'm just like okay you've gone a little bit too far no but there's something nice about this idea of like taking Caring, care of your yeah, things like, treating them like and, they're living yeah like, I mean not literally treating them like they're living but, but for your own saying. sake being like I like my things like mm-hmm. that is a lesson I think you you could use because you're you're like a much Excuse more abusive. me. No, you're much more abusive with your things. Like oh. I have a harder time lending you my clothes yeah. because I'm like they will come back broken. They will come back stained. But I also the, have a lot less things than you. If you look into I your, I don't cupboard. think that's I'm true. so upset with your inability okay. to to you know to, what? to Trump. <laughs> you are like Trump. You just say things that are not true. If okay. you walk We're in the closet, that's so rude. I have Marie all. Kondo tidied up Did you three just, times. In okay. my life. And then you buy, buy, buy. I don't buy, buy, buy. I love this sweater. I bought this sweater and I wear it all the time. I have three what is sweaters. Your point? I have three sweaters. Okay, we're going to go home and we're going to categorize and see. Yes, and that's the part that I find crazy. I'm like, I look at your side. I'm like, oh my God, there's so much clothes. You have not Marie Kondo <laughs> tidy up once. And if you did, I know that you have currently probably 20 pairs of pants of which you don't that wear is, 10. See, you're such an exaggerator. I probably, How many pants do you think you have? Six. Oh my God! I wear you are Trump. Trump. You can't I just wear... say that. Okay. <laughs> what we're gonna do for like our social okay, media promo the, yeah, or whatever this is, side note is we're Instagram. literally we're going do this. to yeah. post okay. the behind the scenes yes, and we are. count. We are gonna count. I think I actually have six pairs of pants and then probably like three or four pairs of shorts. Okay, this is such a lie, and we are gonna do that. I, there's no other. Okay, we need to literally end this here. You're so angry. We are taking no, this no, no, on no, no, Instagram. No. Well. No, because you're lying, and I don't want to pay attention. I can't believe you're so aggressive right now, and you're wrong, and I'm not lying, and you call me Trump, and I'm so <laughs> mad at you, and we'll deal with this later. But no, um, I I think you do tidy up more in terms of your yes. stuff, but I also think you consume way more than I do. I buy way less frequently than you do, so I do agree. I, I hold on to things a lot longer. I have that weird, like... Uh, it's like, is it nostalgic? Like, I kind of feel sad even if I don't wear it to get rid of this thing that, like, represents a time in my life. I'm, I have a much harder time letting go of things, but I have more clothes because I, I don't, don't get buy new them. clothes very often. Like, I keep them. No, I have clothes in my closet that are probably over 10 years old. Yeah, me too. I don't know that you do. I have, like, two things because I knew that I love them and I kept them. <laughs> okay. But I, I think I might have some more stuff than you, but ultimately I consume less than you. And that is an important thing. When you tidy up, it doesn't mean you just go replace everything and buy new things. But you do have to tidy up <laughs> and also be okay with, with the things that you now realize you love. Okay, so we are in our bedroom right now, and we are going to do a little exploring to see. We're going to go back in the closet. We're going in the closet, and we're going to Marie Kondo our stuff, but we're also going to evaluate like what's going on in our bedroom. First of all, we're going to count my pants, because Greg said I had 20 pairs of hands. Okay. How many did I have, Greg? One, That's eight. Two. Three, four, five. Remember when That's you... not true! Greg, because these are all shorts. No! Then I have four pairs. You, got, you Marie condoed recently. Did you? <laughs> did you give away? You did give away pants because I took one of your pants. Yes, yeah, so about a month ago, I got rid of three pairs of pants. And Greg. The pants you're wearing! Oh, I am wearing a pair of pants right now. So I have six pairs of pants. Exactly what I said. I'd like to clarify that Greg called me a Trump <laughs> liar, and we have the proof. Who's oh the liar? God. Who do you trust now? I'm Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm Mike Pence. Um, okay, let's count your pants. Six. I have six. Okay. So we're literally tied in pants. Huh. Interesting. Wow. That's I feel really bad. <laughs> but you have so much. Okay, whatever. Now I, we're doing I, the piles. I would say I do have a lot of sweaters, of which I should get rid of a handful. Okay. Let's do the piles. Okay. 
Ooh, those are some piles. Actually, having watched the show, our piles are our nowhere piles are not nearly as bad because we're minimalist, we're queer, and we live in Scandinavian spaces. Um, whose piles? Bigger? I'm kidding. We don't do. It. Um, I think yours is bigger because you have all no. that stuff on the ground. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You is put this... that stuff on top of this. This is not a visual medium. <laughs> um, okay, I'd say they're very similar, they're, but there's a lot of stuff here that I yeah. think we can get rid of. So now. What we're going to do is you take each article of clothing <laughs> and you hold it up. This could help if you, you know, had a little glass of wine, a little oh. bit emotional, and you decide whether or not it brings you joy. And if it does not bring you joy, you put it, you in put the it away. Then to give away. And the thing is, I what happens, and this is what I would say from my experience, is when those things are gone, you don't miss them. Mm -hmm. I can't think of one shirt I ever gave away that I regret because I literally don't remember what they are. Okay, so we're going through, and this Greg is like whipping through, but I'm finding this really difficult because maybe I'm, I'm more sentimental. Like a lot of the things I'm like, well, I don't necessarily want to wear them, but they I have memories associated with them, and like, I don't know, or I just, I don't Did know. They start joy? But that's like such a weird term that I'm not really identifying with. I'm like, it brings me joy in some ways that this thing exists, but doesn't mean I want to wear it. You know? And I found like an old ASAP Science design shirt that we made that was just like a funny little uh, proton and uh, like being positive. And I was like, I don't want to wear this, but it's cute and I don't want to like, get rid of it. So I'm feeling weird like, about right this. Now? Like when we started, I was actually like, I don't know if I can do this. I have a hard time letting things go. I hate this. I feel like I've thrown out so many memories and it's like, I didn't really spend enough time with them to say goodbye, like Marie Kondo said, like I was just kind of tossing them and now I'm realizing like I don't really have any clothes left, I've basically thrown out everything. What happens when clothes aren't that important to you and then you just like get rid of them all and then you're like, I actually don't have any clothes left. And then you have lots of clothes. No, I don't have none left, but like, okay, I actually only have six things hanging now. and. Like, I just got rid of, like, all my sweaters. I have three pairs of pants now. Like, I guess this is fine. Maybe I have to picture it like that it's going to go to other people who can enjoy it. Yeah. I know. I, you're right. I guess I haven't thought of it that way. I've just been like, we're getting rid of it. <laughs> but it's really sad. But that's good. Other people will love it. Goodbye, clothes. <laughs> I love you. Okay, we did it. How, what do we end up with, Craig? <laughs> Two garbage bags. Yeah, so that, I mean, That's compared all. to the show, I've seen the show, there's been a lot, but I still felt like it was a lot. Like, it's crazy to see it all in piles. Aren't you excited to get up tomorrow and put on everything that you love? No riffraff. Yeah, yes, and to just see like a clean closet and stuff like feels nice for sure. So, thanks, do you Marie Kondo. Lifted or do you feel stressed? Well, I'm gonna have to see. I feel like a bit of both. I feel good, and I feel like where's all my stuff? But I think as the days go on, I'll feel You're much better. And that's the magic. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah, let us know what you guys think. Are you tidy people? Does it impact your life significantly? Are you watching this show? Like, are you doing Marie Kondo's magic? Because it's very popular now. I'm curious. Yeah, hashtag side note podcast. Let us know, has Marie Kondo worked on your life in the past or now? Are you into it? Will you continue? Uh, or you can tweet us at Mitchell Moffat or at WhaleWatchMePLZ. Otherwise... Let us know what else you want us to debate. What kind of topics are you into? What's in the zeitgeist right now that we can zeitgeist. cover? Um, otherwise, we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Bye. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.